Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. We're here to bring you tales from the deep. <laughs> the depths of the human mind. Yes. <laughs> from the psyche, the world's psyche, the collective consciousness scaries. Yeah, plucked from the world's psyche. Yeah. I like that. Me too. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, I'm going to go first. All right. <laughs> Okay, so I got this topic idea from one of our listeners. Stephanie, who lives in Switzerland, wrote to us on Instagram. It's at GTTU pod. She sent us a direct message um, saying some nice things about the show and also asking if I'd ever heard of the Joller House before. Oh. Because since she's from Switzerland, she decided to look up some hauntings in Switzerland and came across this. And I hadn't heard of it before. And she sent me an article connected to it. I love that. So, yeah, super cool. And it ended up being really really interesting because there actually isn't a lot of i should say it wasn't easy to come by info about the jaller house like it's not like there was nothing but i kept finding websites that had the same kind of like short couple paragraphy sort of thing which was that there was this haunted house that the guy who owned its name was um melchior jaller okay. i looked up how you pronounce that um and he it's kind of notable because first of all it was a really famous case so i'll get into that but also he was part of like swiss parliament he was a lawyer and a journalist so he was kind of a very like muckety muck reputable guy that this crazy thing happened to but things kind of summed it up that way then i found a site that went into it a little bit deeper i told william about it a little bit it was like sort of weird 90s dark website where it had all at first when i saw it i was like yes i fell into the exact kind of thing that we like finding which is old 90s websites yeah because it had like a black and red skull pattern background with then white, like, um, you know, just regular font over the top of it. So it was kind of hard to read, but I was like, oh, yes, it's like somebody made this and they're into it. And that may be the case, but they also embedded a ton of like pop-up ads in it. Right. So I had to remember to make sure to only use the key, like the down and up keys on my keyboard and not click on it because it didn't even matter where I clicked. If I clicked anywhere on the page, I got pop-ups. It's funny. You were in essentially a dangerous part of town. Yes, I was. <laughs> you yeah. had to behave yourself and be careful Yes. because you traveled somewhere most people don't go. Right. I had to skirt the perimeter. Right. But it was the most useful of the sites that I'd found up to that point. Hmm. Well, in a way. So I found that one was good for me to work from. It was a little bit more detailed than the one I originally looked at. But then I found on another weird site um, the manuscript, I guess you would say, of a pamphlet, not a book, that Melchior Joller wrote about his experience in this house. Huh. Um, so he didn't believe it for a really long time. Um, but he did come around to it and he eventually wrote this pamphlet called Narrative of Personally Experienced Strange Phenomena. So I found it in its translated entirety. And even though it's a pamphlet, it was long. It's okay. still, you know, whatever. So I was using the scary site to get the broad strokes. Then I would go to the pamphlet and find quotes and stuff like that to flesh it out a little bit more and feel the the freedom of clicking wherever I please. That's really cool. That's the high, the highs and the lows. Yes. There are highs and lows involved in this research. Yeah. Going yeah. for somebody's like bizarro GeoCities site and yeah. then a reputable – right. You know, document that it was lovingly assembled. Exactly. Somebody, because even this was not on a major site. It was just on, I don't even know what it, it was on. I mean, if you Google it, it'll be like a few things down. I wasn't going through millions of pages yeah. or something. But yeah, I mean, somebody translated this in its entirety from Swiss. That's so cool. So it's pretty cool. So it's going to be a combination of me paraphrasing things, and then I'll go into direct quotes from Melchior's uh, pamphlet. Okay. Um, okay. So let's see. 
So like I said, stuff was going down for a while. Um, but the first report of anything weird happening in the house, and this house was inhabited by Melchior, his wife Carolyn, and their seven kids whose names I didn't all write down. Seven kids? Yes. Whoa. Plus like house staff. It was like this really, I, I think, pretty big house. Like I said, he was kind of a reputable guy, and he was born in this house. It was his family's house. Like he grew up there. And then when he got married, I didn't find all the details. I know he lived in there the whole time, though. Maybe he got married and his wife moved into the house and his mm. parents eventually passed or something. And they grew their their children. They grew their children. They grew there. their children. Right. <laughs> I'm picturing essentially Downton Abbey. I know. I you know there's a picture of it online and it didn't look that big to me in the picture, but still I think a pretty pretty decent sized state, especially for seven kids. Yeah. So the first report of anything weird going on was that a maid said she heard knocking noises on her bed frame, and then a few weeks later, Caroline, the wife, and one of the girls also heard noises and kind of told him about it. And he thought all the cases of these knocks had something to do with like some sort of, cause they were all bedstand related. He thought it was some sort of construction error in the bedstands so that was making something like knock together. Like maybe okay. two pieces weren't nailed all the way together and there's knocking or something like that. Um, because he said, quote, he could not begin to imagine how an inanimate object could make knocks. So nothing happened for a year. They like kind of forgot about that. And then, and by the way, this is in, um, this happens between 1860 to like, a year and a half from then, basically, before they move out. Spoiler alert. Okay. So nothing really went down. And then um, in 1861, um, their son Oscar didn't turn up for dinner, and he was about 10 years old. And it turned out he had been following the sounds of knocking throughout the house and then outside into the woodshed. So he went into the woodshed. He's still hearing knocking. And once he was in there, the door flew open and there was a white form standing there, he said. So he passed right out. Yeah. And that's why he didn't come to dinner or anything like that. And they found him and he told them this story. Um, and then, you know, shortly thereafter, the, ki- the other kids started talking about knocking noises that they were hearing as well as sounds of scratching in the house. And Melchior again was like, it's some sort of structural thing going on. Um, and the scratching is maybe like animals, like cats or birds or rats or something like that. It's an old house. Yeah. Something's in the walls. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then another maid claimed to see a gray figure in a darkened stairwell. So she like kind of saw a fuzzy shape. Um, and she heard someone going upstairs to the second floor where her room was. And I guess she was on the second floor at the time. Maybe I I think she was in her room. Then she heard them go up the next flight of stairs to the third floor. So again, big house and call her name from up there. Yuck. Yeah. Um, she heard it go up and down the stairs several times, both sets of stairs, until it seemingly stopped downstairs in the living room where she heard the sounds of sobbing. Oh, <laughs> my God. This is very sort of classical ghost It's a very story cozy telling. ghost story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Someone just going, Kristen. Right. Kristen. Kristen. Mm-hmm. And when you go up to check on it, now it's downstairs and it's crying. A crying right. ghost. Yeah. Ghosts in terms of um, like thematically the way they're used in storytelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they're the imprint of somebody who's dead who's still here. Yeah. Typically, they're used in storytelling to represent something um, 
that some element of regret. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Something. Yeah, they're you, often mournful. Yeah, ghosts. mournful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it's very sort of much. It's literalizing something that you have not been able to get over yeah. in your own personal life. I, w- I really right. wish I hadn't done X, and now you're being haunted by the memories and haunted yeah. by a ghost. Literally having a ghost be crying downstairs and it being a story that somebody you know is saying they really experienced is yeah. like oh the stories are based on real life <laughs> yeah exactly yeah totally um so so they you know she told i guess the jollers about this and they asked her to not talk about this kind of stuff in front of the kids because yeah. it was going to weird them out and maybe make them start noticing things and seeing things or whatever which seems to be maybe what happened maybe not the maid's fault but the kids start seeing things again so their daughter henriette was in her room studying on a sunny day he noted there are a lot of things where he's noting it's a sunny day when this yeah. happened and that's all over this transcript um when a quote cheerful looking child comes toward her half clothed oh curious about which half left left <laughs> <laughs> Not just Daffy Duck in it in a t-shirt and none else. No. She said she thought it was one of her brothers. Because I guess she had like a toddler brother, I assume. It's also like you got so many siblings. You can't even keep track of them. I know. That's funny to me, too. I think that happens a couple of times. They're like, I thought it was my brother. And it's like, I know I didn't really recognize their face at first, but I don't really have them memorized. Yeah. I had no idea who this kid was, but. Probably a brother. Definitely some sort of a brother. Like a brother type. (laughs) Um, Until it disappeared in front of her. Then she was like, okay, I guess this isn't my brother. So the dad, because he thought it was part of the maid's influence, fired her and hired a 13-year-old girl in her place. Now, I didn't dig into this, but I was like, was this common practice in the 1800s for like 13-year-olds to be maids? Right. Something doesn't seem good about it doesn't, this. It doesn't seem good, but it does right. smack of that era old world sort yes. of like i've had i've been working jobs since i was seven i know i was working in a button factory <laughs> from the time i was four but to be like the maid of a mansion when you're 13 i don't know <laughs> i don't know the world is not good yeah before we were recording yeah. chris and i were talking about how lucky oh, we yeah. are to have been born at this moment in in human history yes no matter how many crazy things are going on like we truly won the lotto we won the lotto all of us by the way not just everybody who's living right now like as as scary as the political world and climate world is we still are born into the best possible time you didn't have to get a job as a right. maid when you were 13 yes exactly the internet's here right i can watch beauty <laughs> I play FNAF 9. Uh, best time to be alive. <laughs> Whatever. Who could ask for anything more? Yeah. Um, so then, okay, my timeline was right. I guess they move out like two and a half years later, not one and a half, what I said before. So about nothing super happens in that time again. About a year later, there's another real uptick in activity when the parents and one of the older kids go out for the day and the rest of the family is staying home and they're basically terrorized with like common poltergeist activity all day. Like there are more knockings, cabinet doors are opening and closing, just lots of kind of like noise and things like that. So the kids and the maid keep going in and out of the house. They're like freaked out by it. They'll go outside the house, pluck up some courage, be like, I guess we're just crazy. Go back in and it's happening again. So one of the times that they were outside, um, a stone seemingly came out of nowhere and was thrown between two of the kids. It didn't hit them. It was just like, where'd that come from? Right. And something to remember for later. Um, another thing that happened during this day was that, and this is a quote from the transcript. It was time for lunch. So the maid, again, 
13 years old, right. went back into the kitchen. Looking toward the corridor, she thought she saw someone hanging a sheet from one corner down the stairs from the upstairs banister. Observing more closely, it seemed to be rounded off at the top and with two long black marks at the bottom, like the tips of two feet. Shocked, she called out, who's there? With a sound like, whoa, the form suddenly vanished, at which the girl went white and stumbled outside screaming. Ooh, you weren't supposed to see me. Right. And also like traditional sheet ghost with like feet poking out of the bottom and then just like pushes down. It makes you wonder if like things like that become cliche because they're born from truth. I mean, that's what most cliches are. They're cliche because they happen all the time. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So it's become such an emblem of, like, kind of jokey or Halloween ghosts. But, like, I don't know. Maybe there are a bunch of sightings of sheet-like kind of figures for some reason. We think of ghosts as being white. Right. You know, that's one of the most common ways to depict a ghost, even if it's not looking like, you know, a person under a sheet. It's a ghostly white figure. Right. You know, maybe they can be sort of like vapor yeah or something yeah i love the idea that comes up too yeah of seeing the ghost and mm-hmm. being like who are you and then the ghost isn't gonna try to jump out and scare you the ghost is essentially like i'm caught oh no yeah yeah very and strange in a way wh yeah yeah i know so here's another thing that's pulled right from the transcript another time standing in front of the house they clearly heard through the open bedroom window a deep groaning voice say in tones of unbearable melancholy even when no one at all is around with heavy emphasis on the world word all. So even when no one at all is around, Oh, that's the quote the ghost said. Yes. So I think it's like, I think they heard a snippet almost. It doesn't seem like a complete sentence. Even when no one at all is around, even when no one at all is around. Mm -hmm. So it seems like the end of something. Yeah. Even when no one. So what's happening when, even when no one at all is around, you know what I mean? Yeah. And who's the ghost talking Mm -hmm. to? What? Exactly. It implies conversation. It implies conversation and needing to update someone. Yeah. Even when no one at all is around. Blah, blah, blah happens. Mm-hmm. Even when no one at all is the, is around. So I wonder if there could be different kind of like gangs of ghosts going on or something. And so maybe this guy is a sad, respectful ghost. And he's saying that the people who are like pounding on walls and slamming cabinets are doing that even when no one at all is around. Oh, he's almost being haunted as well. Yeah. He's like, they're doing this even when no one at all is around. Like it's not even just for the the family. Yeah. Like it's happening when they're not there. Maybe peaceful ghost is also the one that went, yeah, faded like, away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's just trying to live in the house he's always lived in or on right. the land he always lived on. Right. And now these violent ghosts are here and they're not only tormenting the living, but him. Yeah. They're doing it day and night, even yeah. when no one at all is around. Right. So maybe he was thinking that it was all for somebody else's benefit. And he's just come to this realization. Right. Like, if they're not performing for them, are they performing for me? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Ghost haunting ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I know. Another thing that happened, this is all that day, is that when lighting a fire, quote, suddenly became light in the chimney and looking upwards, she saw the maid. Um, she saw coming down it an object shaped like a sugar loaf, giving off lots of little blue flames. This object disintegrated inside the chimney. And as it did so, it doused the fire with a great deal of water. What? What? What is a sugar loaf? I don't know, like a pound cake? Like a pound cake? That's what I think, right? I love pound cake. I've seen a sugar loaf yeah. <laughs> coming on down the chimney way. What's that now? A sugar I, loaf, I say. I know there's a sugar loaf craft festival that's a big deal in like the tri-state area. So sugar loaves are a thing. Sugar loaf tastes sugar- super sweet. <laughs> sugar loaf. Mama baked it and it's neat. <laughs> Our mama did bake a sugar loaf yesterday. Down on sugar loaf. 
songs are you singing? Are you are you to the tune of actual songs? Yeah, that, it was all to the James Taylor <laughs> copper line. But say the end, I got copper line. Yeah. Sugar loaf, sugar loaf, sugar loaf, sugar loafy loaf. <laughs> yeah, that's copper line. Down on the sugar loaf, sugar loaf, bed to bed. <laughs> that's the only for you and me. I guess mom. Yeah, mom. <laughs> Joke for three. I mean, maybe, you know, I'm sure there are other James Taylor fans out there, but it's just so specific. My mom listened to like loads of, or her mom listened to loads of James Taylor when we were growing up. So copper lines are real touched. <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought of copper line in a while. But. I actually thought of it recently because I listened to some James Taylor like last week. I remembered the pride I felt at making a joke about copper line that you cracked up at. And I remember being like, yeah. Really? It was it was a long time ago. James Taylor was going to be performing on New Year's Eve, like for New Year's Rock and Eve or something like How that. How exciting. Well, I was like, I, so in front of like you and mom Gently dad, ringing in the new year. I was like, so the ball's going to drop to copper line <laughs> and you like cracked up. That's a good joke. I know. I'm I was driving the other day. I thought that and I was like, that's good. That felt good. That's a good yeah. joke. <laughs> Down on copper line. The ball Five. <laughs> It doesn't feel right no. at all. The, somehow the count is slower. It yeah. somehow feels like one and a half seconds. Not very yeah. gentle way to go into the new year. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> so, you know, Melchior comes back from his day trip or whatever, and he hears all this, and he still just is not buying what they're selling. Yeah. But four days later, he's singing a different tune. Uh, Melchior's on board, baby. Oh, boy. So he starts hearing knocking noises, and at first he insists it's still some sort of animal activity. There's some sort of rational explanation. But maybe a little bit of doubt is creeping in, because he writes that after – actually, I, he writes after supper, most disturbingly, Whoa. not dinner, um, that he went to his library and pulled out a book called Zhotchkis family prayer book to read a chapter called The Power of Superstition. So he says that but doesn't elaborate on it. And what I wonder is if he was trying to convince himself that he's being influenced by the kids and everybody saying that this stuff is real and that's what's making him think that it might be real, not that it actually is. Right. Um, so he's reading this in the living room and almost as soon as he starts, a knock begins on the living room floor, like center of the floor, every once in a while banging like a strong blow. Huh. And he writes, did I think this too was a rat my children could not resist asking? He was probably like these little little brats. But I love, yeah. the, I love the scene that sets. I know. They've all heard it. Read. Do you think that's a rat too, Papa? Mm-hmm. I bet you think that was nothing too. Yeah, I know. I know I'm so thirsty. Sorry. No, I do too. I, I, um, I also had been getting the impression that – and I also think because it was the 1800s and you think of things being so different and strict maybe – because he was poo-pooing them and because he fired a maiden hired a 13-year-old, I kind of had the impression in my head that this was the kind of thing where, like, the dad rules with an iron fist and kids yeah. are kind of seen and not heard kind of thing. Yeah. And so I liked that little detail because it made me feel like they're more like a normal family yeah. where they were like, so you think that's a rat to they your dad? They back at him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm seeing a little bit more of the dynamic, which – My dad's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks <laughs> – He thinks all this banging around is rats. You think that's a rat, Dad? We know damn well that it's a phantasm, boom. Papa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that night, knocks keep happening all over the place, and he goes searching for the source now, because he's like, what's the deal? And he starts to become certain that it might be somebody, I mean, not certain, he starts thinking it's somebody, quote, play acting a ghost. Play acting a ghost. Okay. So he takes a candle and a sharp knife with him. Oh, to look my throughout God. 
this mansion house expecting to find somebody somewhere who's knocking on walls and freaking them out. Oh. Um, he couldn't find the source, unsurprisingly. So he gave up and everybody went to bed. But then the, all the children, except for the two oldest boys, and I got the impression, I think the oldest boys were maybe late teens. I don't know why I think that, but I do. So all the kids, except for the two oldest boys, started screaming in the middle of the night and all ended up in their parents' room sleeping together, which again, I was like, okay, this is like an actual family unit where they can like run into the parents' room in the middle of the night or whatever. All their feet are sticking out at the bottom of the bed. I know. I know. Yeah. Huge bed. Like Angeline Jolie and Brad Pitt had built an insane custom bed for their nine kids. Is that true? Yes. They had nine kids? No. Let me see. Hang on. Hang on. Let's do this. Max, Paddix, Zahara. Hang on a second. You're- Vivian. No, first Shiloh. Shiloh. Oh Vivian. There can't be a Knox and Pax, right? No, it's Maddox. But there is Pax. You said Paddox. Oh, I did? <laughs> okay, Maddox, Pax. K-Pax. Zahara. Shiloh. The twins, Vivian and... Tyler Durden. <laughs> six kids. So it was the eight of them. That's unless I'm missing something. I think it's six. I think it was six kids. There's I'd watch a movie where the six of them thought their mansion was haunted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Papa Pit, Papa yeah. Pit. <laughs> I hear the sound. <laughs> I hear the sound. <laughs> I'll get my knife, Junior. I can't do it, Brad Pitt. He's hard to do. He's I don't hard. think he's like distinctive enough, really, yeah. in a way, you know? But yeah, they had they had a custom built bed so they could all sleep in bed together. That's crazy. I know, all feet sticking out at the bottom. So these people all end up in bed together, maybe custom built, um, and it starts happening again. I like this idea of the tapping moving. So this is a quote: "The tapping began again in the west corner of the room, came nearer and nearer, then thumped with strong and heavy blows on the footboard of the bedstead." Oh, so it's moving toward them and then messing with the bed. That means you're in bed and you can not only hear the thump but feel it. So I left this out because it was I didn't totally understand what he was saying. I thought it was weird. He said that the bed was shaking with the force of the thumps, but that he had his hand on the footboard and he only felt a slight vibration from it i don't totally get what that means well that's that's all the more fascinating because that means that the 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 spirits or whatever is happening they can have an effect on the physical world but it doesn't follow the laws of yeah i guess that's i guess you're right of of like nature nature. yeah Yeah. they don't it's like Mm non-newtonian force yeah it can create a loud banging and shift the thing but it doesn't create that shock wave somehow yeah, that is what he's saying. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. That's the same thing we've talked about, like when um we did the listener uh, stories episode and somebody told us about the phantom skater who cast no shadow. Oh, I know that was so sweet. Something yeah. that exists but does not follow it's not the, following laws. the laws. Yeah, it's it's all the more yeah sort of like in, insane unsettling. Yeah, yeah, like this isn't right in so many ways. Yeah. So the next morning, things are continuing to pick up steam. Like, they do go to sleep eventually, but they wake up and there are bangs now just, like, all over the house. Doors are opening and closing. The whole deal. And something that I thought was weird is, is that this implies that the housemaid was still, like, doing her work during all this. I didn't think that it meant that bangs were happening, like, bam, 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 like, constantly. But it's just more regular than usual. But it said the, the housemaid would be in the kitchen or, like, the chambers doing her work and kept coming out into the living room to tell them different things that were happening to her in there. Oof. Then she, like, go back in so here's another quote um it said one time she claimed she had just at that moment clearly heard someone coming down the stairs and three times she heard a deep voice groaning have pity on me but when she looked she saw no one soon she was back again claiming to have seen a transparent little gray cloud that floated in through the partly open kitchen window crossed the room and pounded on the door to the bedroom 
So I like the implication that this pounding we're hearing might be coming from these like gray, like vaporous sorts of things that are then manifesting into a pound. If like a gray cloud floated in and then creates a pound. Condenses into a ball Mm -hmm. so that it can slam. Yeah. See, that to me implies one of two things. Mm -hmm. Now the mournful ghost who seemed shocked and wanted to disappear and was Mm -hmm. like, at all times of the day, even if no one's around at all. Yeah. Now it feels to me as if it's a... you know, somebody who's not in control of themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I wish I could stop, but I'm compelled to do it at all times of the day, even if no one's around. Uh, have pity on me. I can't stop. I was thinking it was the mournful ghost, like saying, have pity on me to the presence that making that's making these things happen. Like, mm. please stop. So the battle have pity on, on me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Either way, troubling to say the least. Either way, it ain't good. No, it But ain't get good. back to making those PB&Js. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old yeah she has to keep going back into yeah. the, the larder or whatever. Um, That's like a loaf a day. Yeah, absolutely. That's so much bread. Totally. So many sugar loaves. Um, so he and his wife also feel in bed a hand move through each of their hair respect, respectfully or respectively. Um, and a, it was a small hand like a child's. Ugh. The wife reached up to feel what was happening and said she felt like she was grabbing a small, warm hand. Ooh. I know. Don't like that Ugh. at all. Me neither. So at this point, like stuff is undeniably weird. So Malkior has a priest come to the house who seems like he was no help. This guy came in and was like, you should investigate this carefully. Gave a customary house blessing and bounced. Maybe he either. That's just what like, you're here for. I know. Maybe he wasn't trained in these ways. Maybe he was like, oh, this is too much. He was like, you should look into this and got the hell out of there. Yeah, you should really bring in somebody who knows about, you know, spirits and stuff. Right. Because, yeah, this is screwed up. I know. I thought that's what I did. Yeah. I thought, that's like taking your car to a mechanic and they're like. It's broken. Yeah, you need someone to fix it. You need this. like a car doctor. <laughs> like, aren't you a car doctor? What do you do? Yeah. I thought this was your jam. Why well, am I talking to you? Well, maybe things work differently at this time or something or in this place. Because the fact that they brought in police and guards and stuff, I guess the the priest was like, this isn't my area. It's right. like for the government to deal with or yeah. something. So um, when the priest leaves, too, he says, like, try to keep this quiet. You don't want to freak people out in the town. But oopsies, it's not quite qu- kept quiet at all. And people find out. And over the next few days, a bunch of people are coming to the house to see what the deal is. And the Joller family is happy to have them in because they kind of want more witnesses in a way to show them that they're not crazy so people are coming in and hearing these bangs and everything including government members who work with melchior and the police and they experience these things and the police basically seem to agree that it isn't animals and it isn't somebody play acting a ghost in the house but then what does that leave so what is this so this is starting to be a bigger and bigger story. Rumors start spreading in the town and eventually nationally. But I thought I would include this rumor because it was so weird. And it was about something that I just never knew was kind of a thing or a stigma at any point. Um, one of the rumors was that one of the Joller sons was causing it because he had been seen in the company of an actor from a traveling troupe of actors. And apparently, again, at this time, at this place, who knows how specific this is, people like – Actors were regarded basically in the same way that quote unquote gypsies um, or magicians were regarded. They're going to trick you. Yeah, exactly. So, quote, it was soon being said that the boy had learned sorcery from the gypsy and was using it to terrify people for his amusement. 
So Malkier points out in his manuscript, I keep calling, whatever, let's keep calling manuscripts, in his writing, um, mm. that he's only mentioning this because it was written up in the local, quote, scandal sheet, which I love. A local scandal sheet. Yep, the local scandal sheet. And it spread like wildfire to more newspapers. So it's kind of worth mentioning if he's documenting this whole process. The scandal sheet. I would love to have a scandal sheet. I know. You know what? We do. I'm about to say, we kind of do. We do. I'm from Highland Park Facebook group is kind of the local scandal sheet. People be popping off in that. Somebody was- It's a wild group. Yeah, it's a wild group. It's people in our small town. We live in a very small town. And uh, even one the other day was like, um, to the woman who lives in the apartment buildings on the corner of 3rd and 4th, I saw you walking your dog. Your dog pooped. You looked around to see if anybody was watching you and you walked away. I saw you. Called her right out. And then people in the comments were like, is it a blonde girl with a black dog? And they're like, yes, it is. And they're like, I've seen her before, too. I was like, Like, it wasn't even me, but I was like, oh. Yeah, let's track people down. (laughs) And like, that's a scandal sheet, all right? So it still exists. It definitely does. Back then, they just had to write it on a bit of parchment. No, a spare departure. And distributed about. Yeah. Door to door. Yeah. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, they end up having guards stay with them in the house. Because again, this guy has some clout. He's a member of like a lower level parliament, but still. Um, a committee is formed to investigate this, the house, and a formal investigation is opened into the situation. Yeah. So Malkir seems like he doesn't think that they did enough, though. He's like, yeah, this committee was formed. They opened an investigation. They asked the family to leave the house for a few days so they could investigate it, and then somehow got word to them, like, you can come back. It's kind of died off. It's tapered off. So Malkir thinks that he, they just kind of were just like, they were looking into it, but not taking it really that seriously. And we're like, eh, there's not as much happening now. Like, they're probably crazy. Just, like, let them come back. Even saying it's tapered off implies that they experienced it. Yes. Yeah, they weren't just like, we didn't experience anything. They were like, it seems to have died down. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, then what was it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Can't anybody help me? Can't they help, poor Malkior? <laughs> Malkior, Jaller, and family. I just need help. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Melchior. <laughs> Can anybody help me? I'm just a little Melchior. <laughs> I'm just a little guy and I need help. <laughs> so they come back. Stuff's still happening. And one day, in full sunshine, mind you. Little Emmeline experiences something. <laughs> Kept the name for that one. Little Emily Joller? Emmeline. Emmeline. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Name. I do too. Um, so around 12 p.m., Emmeline was in the garden in full sunshine when she suddenly heard a noise on the trellis wall of the house. She looked up to see a pale figure in the area of the little corridor leaning out of the window and reaching onto the trellis. Thinking for sure it was the housemaid picking grapes. Again, there's a lot of like... Um, why do you know what anybody looks like? <laughs> no one knows what anybody looks like. No. The housemaid, by the way, yeah. is 13. Yes, 13. You can't tell the difference. This happens again. That'll get to you. People are thinking that ghosts are housemaids all over the place. Why can't you get a beat on your housemaid? You don't know who you live with. You don't I even know. know who your own family is or who's there. So well, who cares at this point? I know. It's like, yeah, what's the difference then? Yeah, what's the difference? You may as well live with a ghost. You, yeah. you don't even know which ones are your brothers. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't really matter. It's just another figure that you apparently don't fully register. Yeah, so just who, passing through the halls. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So this pale figure is leaning out of the window and reaching onto the trellis, thinking for sure it was the housemaid picking grapes. She observed the figure dispassionately, and then it struck her that the 
the figure's straight hair, hairnut, hairnet, and dark neckerchief were rather unusual, and that the head was sunk forward with an air of melancholy. She called out for the maid, who, who, who however, emerged from the cellar, while the figure ducked under the leaves and disappeared. Ducked under the leaves? Yes. So, pitched forward with sad head, and then just kind of keeps going. I feel like she just kept going down. Ooh, I know. Creepy. There's another thing like that. So then later that night, Malkior said, quote, I heard the sweeping noise my ch- oh, I put, put this in because it's weird and funny, but whatever. I heard the sweeping noise which my children had repeatedly told me of, especially in the little corridor. Listening closely, it sounded like someone in floppy shoes sweeping the corridor with a beach broom in the direction of the living room and taking long steps. It was so real- realistic that I had to positively convince myself that no sweeping was really going on. Floppy shoes and a broom? Wait, it, you heard it, but had to convince... Maybe it was the maid wearing floppy shoes sweeping. Maybe. She's only 13. I bet they give her hand-me-down shoes that were too big for her. Yeah, exactly. So they're probably flopping all over the place. Here's a question. you think that floppy shoes means flip-flops? <laughs> <laughs> floppy shoes? <laughs> I gotta go. I want to go to the, the beach, but I can't find my floppy shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Shoes. I wouldn't put it past these people. Yeah. Um, so banging is continuing, but things are escalating again a little bit. Objects are moving. Oh, like, to be a fly on the wall of the Jaller house. I know. Imagine. <laughs> um, curtains are being wrapped around the, per- the curtain poles. Like drawers are being opened and stuff dumped out. It's all escalating. And one night, two of the kids at dinner, quote, saw a transparent fuzzy silhouette tripping towards them from the front door and through the corridor to the open living room door where there were several loud knocks the door then slammed shut in the usual way tripping towards them is scary that's very scary yeah i i i don't like that no i don't don't know what it means aside from having some sort of a gate that is Mm -hmm. mangled or or that's what i think almost like a limp yeah tripping towards them so again if we're working struggling after you yeah if we're, but not after them, just doing their thing. So if we're working with the idea, the theory that there are these gray clouds that somehow are coming in and gathering steam and condensing, condensing, condensing until they get into a knock. What if the, this fuzzy silhouette was kind of like tripping because it's like gathering up steam? Like it's not just a gray cloud now. It's forming Ooh. into a person, but it's not quite right yet. It doesn't have a normal person walk. So it's like tripping, Ooh. tripping, forming, forming, and then finally forms and it can knock and open the door. Oh, that's so weird. Yes. So another time, this is the one that got me to definitely do this topic. So on the scary bad nineties website, it mentioned offhandedly that an apple was witnessed jumping around and performing strangely and there are sometimes times where i'm i'm playing around with the topic and i'm not sure it's right and then i read that and i was like this is the one for me yeah i'm gonna dig more into this and then found the the transcript manuscript thing and was like yes there's a full account of this apple acting strangely so direct oh, quoting okay At around 8 a.m., I witnessed the strange hopping of an apple. It was thrown from the upper part of the house, down the lower stairs to the front door, and hopped past me with several jumps, through the corridor and into the kitchen. The servant girl, who was at the hearth, took the apple, which was by now somewhat battered, and placed it on the kitchen table. From there, after a short rest, it again hastened with two or three jumps toward the corridor. The girl seized it and threw it out of the kitchen window, but it flew in again in a flash and lay on the kitchen table. From there, after a short rest, it bounced through the kitchen and the corridor and into the living room. And another short rest. <laughs> Lots of short rests. Yeah, why does this apple need to rest? It jumped back into the corner by the bedroom door and lay quietly on the floor. 
As I was going into the kitchen shortly afterwards, a pear struck quite near at my side, apparently having come down from the ceiling with such strength and speed that it was completely squashed. Everyone in the bedroom, everyone was still in the bedroom apart from the maid who was standing at the hearth. <sighs> By the way, I've never seen th- said the words corridor so many times yeah. in a story, nor hearth. Yeah, yeah, you're but right. So mushy fruit all over the place in this thing. <sighs> So it needs to rest, which I think lends more credence to the theory that these spirits need to somehow accumulate Gather energy. Mm-hmm. So it would need to settle for a bit before continuing to hop. Yep. Uh, it's s- an apple. Squashy pears. Mm-hmm. A mala manzana. A bad apple. Malo manzana, right? Mal? Bad? Malo? Bad? You're on it. I, I don't know. Which is exactly right. The malo manzana. The malo manzana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a malo manzana. <laughs> Um, I, I have no idea what to make of that. There's nothing to say. No. There's nothing to say. So people in town are getting more and more nuts about the house. It's becoming a real spectacle. It's in national newspapers and things like that. Love that. And now there is chaos both inside the house and outside because there are people just hanging out outside regularly wanting to come in. By this side, the, pa- the family is past the point of wanting people to come in and experience it. So they're just over having strangers hanging around. Yeah. But people start breaking into the house so that, can, can, so that they can experience this stuff. Ooh. So it's just like chaos. Stuff is still happening, including more stones being thrown, footsteps being heard, creepy figures that they, that they think are the maid but aren't. Here's another quote. The girl, meaning this figure that they saw, wore a green jacket and a net over her straight hair, her head bent in front of her in a melancholy fashion. Wuthering wonder whether or not it might be the servant girl, the daughter loudly called her name, at which the form crouched down lower in an odd way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like bracing itself to pounce. Uh Ew! Oh, God. So finally, the family decides to move out of the house, move out of the home that... Melchior Joller has lived in his whole life and they moved to Zurich, which kind of sucks. So to leave this on a somewhat which kind of sucks. Yeah. Why? That they have to move from this house. Oh, that they have to move. They were saying Zurich sucks. Oh no, no. I was I like, what? No, okay. it just sucks they have to, you know, they move from the leave. house or whatever. Right. So here is something that I found on one of these websites that then I couldn't verify anywhere. I I, I don't think it was in Malkier's. Mach- now I'm losing the thread Malkier. of his name. Malkier's transcript or anything. I don't know where the person found this, but I like it as a detail because it's so weird. So this article that I read, actually, I think it's the one that Stephanie sent me. So thank you, Stephanie. It ends being like, so who was the ghost who was who was um, tormenting them? It was Malkier's grandma, Veronica Gut, and it said that she didn't agree with his political leanings, and some people say that she died just to haunt him. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm technically, this is so hard to say, I'm technically with you until she died so that she could haunt him. Yeah, that's what it said. I understand. Badass. Yeah, I guess it's not, you know, this is something that supposedly happened for real, but having not set up Veronica Gut. No. What's her name? Veronica Gut. It was a real left field inclusion. Yeah, just oh, it's Veronica Gut is yes. who done it. That whatever it I can get feel on like board a who with. Done it. I didn't really need a who was the ghost. No, not at all. So I guess it was just maybe in the scandal sheet. Somehow they came around to the idea that they knew Veronica Gut had very different political leanings than this parliament member guy, and somehow formed it into that she died to haunt him. Well, and it, if true, badass. I'll tell you what. If you will yourself and be like, God, f this grandson. I know he's going down. Yeah. What a great name. 
Veronica Gut. I know. Veronica Gut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting to to haunt somebody after you die. Yeah, to die so that you can haunt them is nuts. Yeah, totally. It is very strange. I, I don't think I've ever really heard before. I haven't. I better either. turn myself into a ghost yeah. now. Yeah, so that I can annoy you. I mean, I guess you get to annoy them through supernatural means. Then you can maybe do it you've exhausted all your physical options, and so you're like, well, I'm just gonna take it to the next level. Yeah, like maybe she was like a worshiper of the occult, right? And knew how it to go like away. She was some sort of back. like political activist or something. I in the Limited research in, into Veronica Gut. I did find that she was a political gal. Right. So I guess she and Malkier were just at odds, and then the you know townspeople maybe made this story up. Whole but, jokes on Veronica Gut. Evidently, all you had to do was move. I know. Yeah, seriously, because I, I don't think that it like followed them. Right. So probably not Veronica Boy, Gut. Boy, the Joller House. Yeah. Never it heard of that. Yielded so much more than I expected. I'd never heard of it before. Thank you very much, Stephanie. I couldn't believe it. Like yeah. it was. It was good. Yes, thank you very much. I recommend much. reading that um, the transcript of his pamphlet. I love <laughs> you can read it. it with dinner. I love it when people send in mm-hmm. stuff. I love the idea of like this is something from where I live. I know a bit of history that was totally. fascinating. Totally, never it was a re- heard that it before. Really, really good, and it was exactly what I wanted. I wanted kind of like a nice, just like ghost story, like kind of clean, yeah, kind of like Classic. traditional and cozy. Uh-huh. So it like really hit the spot. It's old world, yeah. so it feels even more plausible somehow. Yeah, Who, exactly. You it's love a removed. ghost in like an old style, oh, yeah, eighteen hundreds kind of house. Absolutely. Yeah, it's tidy. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's comfy. Yeah, it's cozy. Yeah. Well, Kristen, I've got a, a sharp sharp 180 okay that we're about to do we're gonna turn on our heels we're gonna get away from comfy and cozy and get way more into gross okay um uh at times stupid Mm -hmm. um and i'm listening um, mm, 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 at times distasteful okay yes a little bit of a yin and yang a little bit yeah yeah yeah. this is a a a broad pivot because i have been for weeks now Mm -hmm. delving into pop culture Mm -hmm. stuff ghostbusters five nights at freddy's whatever I'm still feeling it. I'm, yeah. I'm still riding on it. So Ride I'm going to tell you more about another franchise monster. Oh, cool. Uh, and it's one that's timely. You and I both recently uh, uh, did a, a minor celebration of it by visiting it in theaters. Kristen, I'm going to tell you all about Child's Play. Oh, okay, good. You know what? Great. Really? Yes. Great. I want to hear this. Yeah. So right now mm-hmm. in theaters. Uh, Give me the power I beg of you. Yep. Oh, Ade Due Dembola. Ade Dembola. And switch. Switch. Mm-hmm. Switch. <laughs> um. Child's Play is that slasher franchise with Chucky the doll. Yep. Uh, runs after you with a knife. Uh, uh, yeah. Kristen, mm-hmm. you and I both just saw the new movie. Yes. Which is moderately controversial in mm-hmm. the uh, in the uh, horror scene. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it's a real rethinking of it. Very much a rethinking and uh, sort of moves away from the original creative team. Yeah. Uh, but uh, your review of that movie, spoiler free, and then we're going to spoil the hell out of literally every single Child's Play movie. But okay, for now, spoiler free. What'd you think of that? Too sad. Too sad. I found it sad. It's funny. Uh, my my feeling on it was never sad. <laughs> I saw it, uh, 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 and I enjoyed myself much to my own. Yeah, shock. I, I I liked it. Okay, I didn't. Eh. I didn't like it that much. It was okay. I, I didn't like hate it or anything. Yeah. But I felt the feeling of like, oh, oh, too many times. And I don't want that in my horror movies. Man, yeah, I didn't. I did not have that feeling I once. I like it. it was not sad. Once. The kid's sad. 
Every, Chucky's sad sometimes. Yeah, everybody's pretty sad. In sad and scared. Yeah, but the movie's I so. Hate it. I hate. I hate it when people are trying to. They're trying to be good, uh-huh. but they're bad and yeah. they don't understand. You can't help. But I hate it. All right, you know what? Screw it. We're getting into spoilers right now. I was okay. going to try to like parse it out a little bit. Yeah. Forget it. If you if you're wary of spoilers for Child's Play, yeah. Both the new ni- uh, 2019 movie mm-hmm. or any of the movies that came prior, you got to go now. Yeah. Bye bye. Uh, because here we. Go. Yeah. I watched the new child's play mm-hmm. and I uh basically went in I I would have gone in with my arms folded like impress me. Yeah, yeah. Except I'd already seen people whose opinions I respect online saying Same. I'm surprised that I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I went in ready to like it. Yeah. But a little hesitant. Yeah. So the the premise of the new movie, the 2019 reimagining of child's play, mm-hmm. is that there is essentially a smart doll. It's almost as if your uh your Alexa yeah. uh was a toy mm-hmm. and um and could do physical things to help you like it could know asking for the song toy. Is that right? That is not right. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, thanks for speaking up. Toil? Toil. What the hell song is that? Oh, I listen to Toil down here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the song the song Toil. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> anyway. Taking a real musical journey. Hey, baby, journey. put on Toil again. I'm taking a musical journey in this episode. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Copperland to Toil. Yeah. I'm back again. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's basically, yeah, what if a smart device can yeah. walk around with you and perform tasks and it can attach itself to your uh, your You're TV. like daily yeah, needs and stuff. Like it could know that you need to bring your science book today. So it brings you your science book. Your Alexa can't do that because it's not a literal like physical robot. Yes. So Chucky in this movie is straight up. A robot, mm-hmm. which is a major deviation from 30 years of yes. filmmaking that came prior because up until this point, Chucky was the soul of a serial killer mm-hmm. in a doll. Yeah. So it was a guy in there. Yeah. Now Charles Lee Ray. Charles Lee Ray. Wow. Very good. I know some stuff. What else do you know about Chucky? Um, I don't know. How like, do you like, know Charles Lee Ray? What do you mean? I love horror stuff. What do you mean? Why wouldn't I know Charles Lee Ray? I don't know. I guess I assume that Child's Play was a... um was probably not on the list of things that you ever cared about. I mean, you know, I don't that much. I don't know. I just know some stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's an obscure that you'd be like, it's Charles something. But yeah. like, I, I, I probably could have, I probably could have referenced Charles Lee Ray before yeah. I did my research. Probably. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely not a big part of my like horror love or anything. I've seen, I think I've probably seen all the movies, but I don't like particularly love it. Do it's you like think fine. you've seen all of them? Maybe, I mean, maybe I don't even know. I've definitely seen a few of them. Maybe there are more than I even know. With the new one in theaters, there are now eight. Then I have not seen all of them. Okay. No, I've probably seen three. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, including the new one, four or something. I right. don't think I've seen all of them. Though. Right. So, oh, that's right. Duh. There's like Bride of Chuck. Yeah, you're right. No, I haven't even come close to seeing all Child's of them. Child's Play, one through three. Yeah. I've, then Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. I actually think I've seen one through three. I actually haven't seen Bride of Chucky or any of those things. Oh, I know man. about them, but I haven't seen them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. So um, the new movie, they turn Chucky into literally uh, an AI. Mm-hmm. It's learning stuff. Yeah. And the way that it learns, I was actually surprised by. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is a very broad slapstick style horror movie. And so they're sitting on beanbag chairs laughing as, you know, Leatherface and Chop Top are cutting people's faces off and stuff. Yeah. And Chucky's looking around at them and seeing that they taking it in. He's like they're laughing and they love this. They like this. So he goes to the kitchen and grabs a knife Mm -hmm. and pretends to come at them with it. And when they yell at him and they're like, oh my God, put the knife down. He's like, I thought you'd like this. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. 
Uh, it gets way hairier. It gets real crazy and, and at times gory. Yeah. In a way that I was not expecting at all. I was it, squinting a lot. That's why I do when things are gory and I want to look at them. I still look at the screen, but I'm just obscuring it. Yeah. It <laughs> you seems... ever look at me in a horror movie? I look nuts. I really do. I just... <laughs> Closing my eyes a little bit. It seems to revel in the 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 gross insanity of yeah. horror in the way that Evil Dead did, mm-hmm. which modern horror doesn't typically do. Yes, I was sitting in the theater like applauding it for doing the stuff that we have recently complained about horror not yes, doing. Yes, being too prestige and like careful. It yeah. was willing to get weird and be funny. At yes. one point, they just splash a bunch of blood all over a child's face. Yes, yes, and it's like the kid doesn't deserve it. You don't even know right. who this kid is. No, it's just a rando. It's just a total rando kid and it was it was incredible yeah totally yeah. yeah it's very the the gore stuff is like it's like fun gore yeah but still gross like, I was like wacky yeah. and it gets to a point where chucky is controlling drones and mm-hmm. other chucky dolls and it's ridiculous it gets big and crazy yeah, and they're I was like, like they're biting the kids and stuff yes did not <laughs> expect <laughs> it to end up there um but how did we get here, yes. Kristen, because this movie, Child's Play in Theaters right now, mm-hmm. is uh, if you're in the horror circles online, a lot of people are being like, well, it's really scummy of the studio to make this thing. Yeah, the backstory of this is weird. So are you going to talk about, yeah, like the behind the scenes kind of like studio and creator stuff or just more like the franchise plot line? I'm going to do a little bit of the studio stuff. Yeah. There's not that much. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell you about essentially everything I'm going to tell you is I'm going to go movie by movie explaining how Chucky comes to life and yeah. eventually how he's killed. Chuck Lore. Chuck Lore. Chuck Lorre. Isn't Chuck Lorre? Chuck Lorre's the guy who made Two and a Half Men. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, with Chucky Sheen. <gasps> Charlie Sheen. Oh my God, you're right. Oh my God. What does this mean? <laughs> it means a lot. Yeah. What does this mean, Chuck Sheen? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the idea is Child's Play is one of the few horror franchises that has not been rebooted until this year. Right. In recent years, there have actually been articles written online about like, hey, while no one's been watching, Child's Play has had the same continuity for 30 years. Halloween, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw, everything got rebooted Mm -hmm. at a certain point and new creative teams were brought in. Every single Child's Play movie until this new one in theaters right now was written by yeah. Don Mancini, the original creator. Mm-hmm. They're all in the same chronological timeline. They all follow up on each other. And they're still going. Yeah. There's a sci-fi series in development with Don Mancini, with the original cast, that's going to continue the story that's been being told since 1988. Right. However, the film rights then are not in his control, and so the studio decided to put out a reboot, Mm -hmm. making Child's Play just like everything else. Right. It's gotten now to a point where there's an alternate time. Yeah, they're branching storylines. Imagining whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, honestly, it's kind of, in a weird way, the end of an era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's quite a run without that. And Don Mancini has been posting on Twitter and stuff, just being like, I can't believe it. I can't believe yeah, they're doing this to me. I get that. They offered him uh, to be involved, mm-hmm. but the way they offered him to be involved with, was with a vanity right. executive producer label. Mm-hmm. We'd love you to sign off on what we're doing, Don Mancini, but yeah, you won't but not have any really, say. Yeah, but not really participate. He, he turned them down. Mm-hmm. He said, nope. And he's still in development on his yeah. series. So it's a real sort of like... To it's, Don Mancini, it's kind of a slap in the face. Totally. However, it's shocking, and you know the yeah. 
what we uh, enjoy is sort of dictated by how it performs mm-hmm. and this movie is performing decently well yeah. and quite frankly I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. So here's how we th- this all started. Let's mm-hmm. go way back to the beginning. Let's go to cool. the 80s when this original child's play movie was yeah. made. Uh all the big slashers already existed mm-hmm. at this point. It was in the late 70s that Halloween was made. Mm-hmm. Uh now Don Mancini and a few other people had an idea for a movie it's part of the slasher craze, although it's kind of showing up at the tail end of the slasher yeah. craze, um, to have a killer doll. Yeah. Don Mancini says he was inspired by uh, the Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, that's funny. And sort of the like broad commercialism yeah. of all these things. Like the Cabbage Patch Kids, all these dolls that like people would go nuts for and like punch each other in the face to get. Right. Um, he really saw an opportunity there to make fun of that culture. So in Child's Play 1... Uh, the kid, Andy Barkley, mm-hmm. who eventually gets his hands on a good guy doll, mm-hmm. they're called, is like dressed like the doll. Yeah. He has the tool belt of the doll. He watches the cartoon on TV. He eats the cereal of the good guy brand. Yeah. And he finally gets the doll. It's about like this like materialism really infecting the youth. Mm-hmm. And then the doll ends up killing a bunch of people. Right. Um, the original idea he had, though, was it was going to be called a blood buddy. Oh. Somewhat like those, like, dolls that, like, pee their diapers. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And right. And it's now your responsibility to... To change them. To change your what doll's a dream. diaper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the idea was that you would have a blood buddy, which is filled with blood, and if you played too rough with it, it can bleed. Oh, my God. And so Andy Barkley, or whatever kid would end up getting this doll... Yeah. ...would, at some point, somehow, commingle his blood with the doll's blood, and that would bring it to life. Okay. Either way, it would always end up killing people that have somehow wronged him. Yeah. Um, The next idea is that serial killer Charles Lee Ray Mm -hmm. is being executed in an electric chair. And his soul is then zapped into a doll that is on the assembly line. Yeah. Like with the electricity, whatever they're putting in, the robotics, whatever. Eventually, they landed on a voodoo ritual. Mm -hmm. Um, And now here's the thing. The original testing, the test screening that they did of the film flopped Uh for a very strange reason um very famously the voice of chucky i think chucky became an icon even with most people not watching or really caring about the movies yeah but they would like know what chucky is yeah and i think a lot of people would know him by looking at him Mm -hmm. or like like laughing or like don't stuff with the chuck like it's very much like a (laughs) does he say don't stuff with the chuck okay okay go ahead don't fudge with chuck okay gotcha (laughs) I didn't even know that was a lie. Yeah. But so the original test screening flopped because they didn't have Brad Dourif Uh doing the lines of Chucky yet. Instead, they had Jessica Walter. What? From Arrested Development, Lucille Bluth was the original voice of Chucky. That's so weird. How bizarre is that? That's crazy. I did not know that. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Weird. Mm-hmm. Now, Charles Lee Ray, the serial killer, I mm-hmm. uh, oh man, he's called the Lakeside Strangler. Uh-huh. I believe is his name, like within the movies. Yeah. Um uh Charles Lee Ray is based on Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. Oh. Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. Um, and in Child's Play, the movie starts with him being chased. This mm-hmm. is now we'll go movie by movie. This is how yeah. Chucky the doll is born in the original Child's Play movie. Okay. Charles Lee Ray is already running from the police. Mm-hmm. They're closing in on him. Uh, a cop, Mike Norris, 
shoots him in the chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charles Lee Ray manages to stumble inside a toy store uh, as he's hiding from the cops, bleeding out. Yeah. And in his last gasp, his dying breath, all he can do to save himself is say a voodoo incantation that presumably he just always Had at knew. the ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ade due dembola. Give me the power I beg of you. Mm-hmm. He puts his soul into a good guy doll. Yeah. That good guy doll is later purchased and given to a young Andy Barkley. Mm-hmm. And then people start dying. And there are little footprints at the scene yeah. of the crime. <laughs> it's just funny. Yes. Goofy movie. <laughs> yes. They're all ridiculous. Yes. And they only get better when the team realizes that they are comedies. Yeah. Just more than in. they are horror movies. Yeah. Um, like, I think, doesn't Chucky, like, punch Andy in the face or something? <laughs> oh, he does tons of, like, yeah. He, it's, like, so ridiculous. I think he, like, hits him over the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Charles Lee Ray, um, now as Chucky, mm-hmm. is trying to figure out, what the hell do I do? I can't be stuck in this yeah, doll for the rest of my life. how do I make my way life. through this life? How do I transfer my soul back into a Existential, yeah. So, he goes to see a voodoo doctor. Yeah. Who says, well, the only thing that you can really do is uh, you have to transfer your soul into the first person you revealed your secret to. Mm-hmm. The secret that you were in this doll. Right. And that is the yeah. kid. Yeah. Andy. If he doesn't do it in time, he'll be trapped in this body forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that essentially kicks off the events of the movie where he's killing people and trying to transfer his soul into Andy. Yeah. Uh, but the way that he dies, he's now been caught. The mom realizes like, oh my God, we never put the batteries in this doll. Uh-huh. And she like opens the back panel and realizes, like, yeah, this thing's been walking around and talking without the batteries. And then the head spins around like the exorcist. Yeah. And goes, I'm Chucky. Want to play? Oh, my God. And attacks her. They eventually throw it into a fireplace, chop off its head, and then blast it to death with a shotgun. Is the mom the mom from, like, Seventh Heaven or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Look real quick. Yeah, that, I, going. that I don't know. Um, which brings us to Child's Play 2, released in 1990 two years later Mm -hmm. and it takes place uh, essentially like a year later yeah the remains of chucky have been sent back to the company that makes the good guy dolls Mm -hmm. they're aware that these killings have happened but they're wondering like it's a pr nightmare yeah a bunch of people died and it all had to do with a good guy doll that's all anyone knows they want to see because nobody thinks obviously that it is the soul of a serial killer in a a mom from seventh heaven is that right yes um they are essentially examining the pieces of chucky Mm-hmm. From the fire, from the shotgun blast, to see if he was tampered with. Yeah. Did somebody yeah. screw with the doll to make it hurt people, whatever. But they're not able to come up with anything. Mm-hmm. The doll seems fine. For all and intents some and the... purposes, it's just a doll. Exactly. And some of the pieces aren't very damaged, so they use them to build a new good guy doll. Mm-hmm. Chucky's back. <laughs> There's a real Chucky's back. There's a real sort of Frankenstein moment where they're like turning on the electricity to like turn on the mechanics inside yeah. of Chucky and when they pull the lever, the two guys working on it get electrocuted. <laughs> like lightning strikes and they electrocute themselves to death. Awesome. Uh here's how Chucky dies. The entire movie he's chasing Andy again. He's yeah. got to come on he's Andy. Get in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh they end up back at the doll factory. It's Andy Chucky and Andy's foster sister, mm-hmm. Kyle. Okay. So they're walking through the doll factory. Chucky manages to knock out Andy to do the body swap. Mm-hmm. And he says, The Ade Due Dembala, give me the power I beg of you. Yeah. But nothing happens. And then, you know, they've been fighting all this time. Mm-hmm. His nose starts to bleed. Chucky's nose is bleeding. Yeah. It's too late. Uh-huh. He's been in the body too long. 
He's stuck in there. Yeah. So now he's just enraged, and now all he wants to do is kill them to essentially punish them. Right. For you know getting him stuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're going through the factory, and uh, uh, Andy and Kyle manage to like trap Chucky's hand under a piece of machinery. Uh huh. And he like tries to pull his hand out, and he rips his arm off the hand. And so he's just got like a stump. Yeah. And it's bleeding because now the doll is alive. Yeah. And he walks over and there's a blade of a knife. And so he jams his arm stump onto the knife. So now he has a knife hand. And it's very, <laughs> right. yeah, it's yeah. very evil dead. He's got like a chainsaw yeah, totally. hand, essentially. Uh, and he's just like lumbering after them. Yeah. They get him stuck in like the doll building machinery, whatever. And it puts a bunch of extra arms and legs on him. Yeah. And he has to cut himself free from it. So he severs his body from the waist down. Uh-huh. And now he's dragging himself after them until Andy pours a bunch of molten plastic all over him. Oh, yeah. It's gross, right? Yeah. It's disgusting. It's yeah. like sloppy. Right. Yeah. And then jams a high pressure air hose into his mouth and his head expands, expands, expands and explodes. Oh, yeah. And that's how, <laughs> that's how Chucky dies yeah. in Child's Play too. We'll never see him again. Yeah. I can't imagine. There's no way he's coming back after that. Well, eight years later. Whoa. Well, actually, the movie came out one year later, but it's set eight years later. In the timeline, yeah. The company again, again, the company that makes these good guy dolls is trying to figure out (laughs) what the hell happened here. And they they finally throw some settlement money at this thing and move on, I would think. Exactly. Just don't make these things anymore. But no, eight years have passed. They decide, you know what? All that stuff's kind of behind us. People have kind of forgotten about all these deaths. Let's, you know, let's crank up the the factory again. Yeah. The very factory where Chucky's dead body has been. Don't do it. Some of his blood gets commingled with the plastic and it's used to make a new doll. Uh Uh-huh. Chucky's back. (laughs) Chucky's back over and over. (laughs) He looks up Andy Barkley, but -hmm. again, eight years have passed. He's now a teenager and he's in a military academy. Uh Uh-huh. Hijinks ensue. I'm sure, and it's. Terrible. I can only imagine. This is. The I haven't movie. seen this. This is one of the first movies, the first Child's Play movies I ever saw. Yeah, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. It's gross. It's stupid. Yeah, uh, and I was a child, and I was really afraid of Chucky. Yeah, and like in this one, he's always messing with like. There's like a, a game that all the kids in this military academy have to play with, basically like um, blanks uh-huh. and machine guns. But uh, Chucky puts live ammunition in sure. the gun, so they all kill each other. Right. Uh, around this time, I was watching a marathon of these movies on TV, and Dad told me to go mow the lawn. <laughs> I was mowing, and the the grass it, clumps. Like, sputter. Yeah, it like grass clumps like made the blade of the lawnmower stick. <laughs> yeah. So I had to flip it over and reach into the blade to pull the gla- the the grass clumps out. And <sighs> I imagined Chucky running up and turning on the lawnmower as my hand was in it. And I think I just left the lawnmower in the yard and went back inside. I'll do it another time when dad can watch the lawnmower awesome. as I pull out the grass clumps or even better. Yeah. Dad can pull out the grass clumps yeah. <laughs> even better. I don't know what kind of fantasy world you're living in where that would happen. I know, but <laughs> I just needed some backup. Yeah. Chucky, Chucky was watching me. He wanted to get me. Yeah. I knew that as a fact. Yeah, absolutely. Here's how Chucky dies. Okay. The whole movie takes place at a military academy. For some reason, it ends at a carnival. Okay. Whatever. Uh, he's, he's trying to get Andy. He doesn't. Who cares? He's dropped into a giant fan. Okay. Shredding him to pieces. Man, it's so weird that they go so absolute. Like, every time they're killing Chucky, like... We won't see him gonna, again. Yeah, it's gonna make it... Oh, it's gonna make it harder and harder for them to, like, find ways to bring him back. Like, it's definitely it's not never coming a, back. It's never a soft death leaving no. it open for the sequel. But they seem to know it's probably gonna I know. come. No, he's not coming back from that one, though, yeah. surely. Yeah. 
All right, Bride of Chucky, 1998. <laughs> Seven years have passed. They wouldn't make these movies anymore. Yeah. Now Scream has come out. Yep. And horror and comedy can be synonymous. Yeah. Perfect time to bring back Chucky. Absolutely. Here is how uh, 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 this movie kicks off. It kicks off with Jennifer Tilly mm-hmm. playing a character named Tiffany Valentine, Charles Lee Ray's old girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She bribes a police officer into giving her the shredded Chucky parts from the last movie, which have been in a police oh. lockup. Also in the police lockup, Freddy Krueger's glove, uh, Jason's mask, Michael Myers' mask, oh. Leatherface's chainsaw. This movie is okay. a reference a-thon. Again, Scream is the idea here. That's fun. Even if it doesn't make sense, I, I would like watch that and be like, ooh, look at oh. all that. Quick question, though. Like, have the police acknowledged that the doll Chucky then is a murderer? Because then why do the police have doll parts? You know Unclear. what I mean? Okay, okay. Unclear. That's fine. Uh, she then kills this police officer and stitches together the bits and pieces of the doll, um, only to then pick up her Voodoo for Dummies book mm-hmm. to bring uh, Charles Lee Ray's soul back into the doll. Okay. Chucky's back. <laughs> But we're not done talking so about dumb. the how the dolls are born section because Bride of Chucky, yeah. there are two of them. Here's how Tiffany the doll yeah. is born. Tiffany is overjoyed to have Chucky back, especially because the night that Charles Lee Ray had been shot by officers, she saw that he had left behind a ring for her, oh. an engagement ring. They would have been married if he hadn't been shot, but now they can finally be together again. Chucky laughs at her. He just stole that ring from some lady. He this, wasn't, he was never going to give it to her. so mean. He's very mean. Yeah. Uh, this whole movie is about a fraught relationship. Oh, God. Love, hate relationship between two psychopaths. Sounds quite abusive. She feels like a fool. Yeah. She feels like an idiot, but he's stuck in a stupid doll body. Mm-hmm. She puts him in a playpen like a child. Yeah. And then puts a, a doll of a bride in there. Uh-huh. Uh, Uh-oh. To basically make fun of him. Uh-huh. She goes to take a bath. He escapes the playpen and pushes a TV into the bathroom. I was going to say, like a toaster. Her, yeah. And immediately puts her soul into that doll. Yeah. She gives herself a makeover to make herself look like a cool, sexy, so she looks like doll goth. Thing. Yeah. They're uh, you know, kicking off then decades mm-hmm. of quirky goth couples <laughs> yes. having Chucky and Tiffany dolls oh, totally. in their houses and like tattoos of them and stuff. Or dressing as them for Halloween. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. When people dress as Chucky for Halloween and it's a tall They're person. They're too big. With, I don't it's, like it's, it. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, the entire movie is now about Chucky and Tiffany going to New Jersey to get the Heart of Dumbala, ah. an artifact that Charles Lee Ray wore around his neck that would allow them the voodoo powers to transfer their bodies back into people. Okay. Even though Chucky is like trapped in his body, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, they travel with a couple that's having their own relationship issues and they're in parallel chucky and tiffany are killing each other and angry at each other and then fall in love when they slaughter a couple Uh uh-huh and the couple they're traveling with are like suspicious of each other and love each other but like like people keep dying everywhere they go so they don't trust each other yeah and so it's played out in parallel two sets of relationship issues huh Mm -hmm. is this good it sounds kind of fun yes i remember liking this movie quite a bit um chucky and tiffany they all end up in the graveyard together at the end mm-hmm. uh and tiffany finally realizes uh that chucky doesn't really love her yeah uh, all he loves is mayhem and murder and he'll he'll placate her sure and like because it could be useful to him in some way yes but ultimately chucky does not care about her yeah. she ends up like burned in a fireplace mm-hmm. and she's like chucky help me he's like you're obviously dying what the hell do i care Whatever. Yeah. and so she realizes that's basically over between them mm-hmm. they op- they dig up charles lee ray's coffin uh-huh he gets the heart of dumbala 
out of there, though he's like disturbed to see his own human corpse. Of course. And he stands there to do the the ritual when she suddenly appears and kisses him on the cheek, which distracts him just long enough for her to stab him in the back, saying finally to the to him, We belong dead. Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Chucky stabs her in the heart, and he is knocked into the open grave of Charles Lee Ray, landing on his own dead body. Finally, he's shot through the chest, though he says, Wait, how's he shot through the chest? Who all does the that? humans are, you okay, know, okay. everyone's converging. Gotcha. Here. Yeah. So he's shot through the chest, but when the guns pointed at him, he's like, Go ahead and shoot me. I always come back. I always come back. And it's actually kind of, yeah. Like now they're acknowledging the fact that right. like, you can kill Do him. Do whatever you want. But yeah, they shredded him before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter. It does. He's like all stitched up like a Frankenstein. Yeah, now. right. What does he care? Feel free to kill me. Someday I'll return. Yeah. Uh, Why does so he want to? Why does he want to come back? Yeah. He's a madman. He's, all like he, he's having a great all time. All he wants ever. to do is kill. Yeah. That's all he wants. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Tiffany is not completely dead yet. They mm-hmm. find her body. And with her dying breath, she gives birth to a doll child. What? Which immediately. Oh, well, that makes sense. Reflexively pops up, kills a cop. Uh huh. Oh my God. Yep. Bringing us to Seed of Chucky. Right, of course. Six years later. Yeah. Oh, wow. <sighs> the child has grown up it went that long the child has grown up not knowing its parents uh-huh its name is glenn glenda it has identity issues oh okay. this is i've recently seen articles about seed of chucky actually doing a pretty honest portrayal of somebody uh, uh that does not associate with either gender huh weird mm-hmm. yes yes surprising don mancini yeah is one uh he's an openly gay horror filmmaker like uh 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 I mean, you think of like the long history of people that are either forced to be in the closet or yeah. feel like they can't leave the closet, stuff like that. This is, in retrospect, a story about a character that's non-binary trying uh-huh. to find their way in life. Huh. As much as it's played for insanity. Right. And, you know, broad in sometimes stereotypes. Yeah. It's like it, you can't help but look at it now and be like, I wonder if there's an attempt to really say something yeah. here. So Glenn Glenda, as I'll just refer to this character, sure. uh, uh, all they know is they were born and given the heart of Dumbala. Okay. <laughs> this is so nuts. And on their wrist, wrist is an emblem made in Japan. Okay. So he thinks, or they think they're Japanese. Yeah. Until uh, they see on TV, there's a new movie being made about those urban legends about the doll killings called Quick. Chucky Goes Psycho. Quick question. Where do they live? Like, what's their living situation? I don't know. I think I think Glenn Glenda uh-huh. is uh, like an abused and in a traveling road show. Oh, okay. As a ventriloquist puppet, but really it's a, a okay. living doll. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, there's a movie being made in Hollywood called Chucky Goes Psycho, uh-huh. where they have Chucky and Tiffany. Yeah. So Glenn Glenda goes there to finally meet their parents. Oh no! And uses the heart of Dumbala to bring them back to life. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they come back to life. Chucky sees Glenn Glenda and is like, I've always wanted a boy. Uh-huh. Tiffany sees, sees Glenn Glenda. I've always wanted a little girl. Uh-huh. And there's now a real push-pull over the identity of yeah. Glenn Glenda. Not only that, Glenn Glenda is terrified by the murders. Chucky and Tiffany immediately kill people on this Hollywood set, and Glenn Glenda is like, what? Are yeah, you? like, this is not me. So Tiffany, because she's the romantic of the yeah. two of them, 
is like, well, we can have a lovely family. We should really stop killing. And it's essentially about addiction now. Yeah. We gotta give up killing. And Chucky can't really handle that. This is wild. So he will sneak out at night with Glenn Glenda to go kill people and then they'll lie to Tiffany the next day and be like, no, we, it's basically like, you know, no, I haven't been smoking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what this So Glenn is. Glenda is into killing. No. Glenn Glenda is not into but if, killing. So, but if Chucky's sneaking out with Glenn Glenda, because Chucky is an overbearing masculine figure, yeah. who wants Glenn Glenda to be his, you know, tough yeah. boy, yeah. who will kill with him. Glenn Glenda is terrified of all this, okay, and wants nothing more than to have these parental figures that that they've lived their whole life without, uh, and yet Glenn so, Glenda is now being manipulated by Chucky to be like him. Okay, to so be my like. Boy. So like Glenn Glendale will be like, oh great, like dad wants to spend time with me. But then the time you that dad is spending. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um now the whole premise is this. Yeah. This movie, by the way, by the way, for everything I'm saying that I think uh talks about some sort of like a, a really sort of interesting heart and subversive quality to it, or trying to talk about something real mm-hmm. that doesn't typically get talked about in movies. Yeah. This is the worst movie of all of them. Uh-huh. And it is an unbearable thing to watch. However, okay. now hearing some of this subtext that people are ascribing it in the modern day, yeah. I can't help but want to see it again and just see if I look at it a different I'm curious way. about this. However, what I'm about to tell you will make you never want to see this movie. Okay. Uh, the rest of the movie is about Jennifer Tilly mm-hmm. playing herself okay. in addition to playing Tiffany the Killer Doll. Okay. Um, and she wants to be in a movie directed by Redman. Okay. About the Virgin Mary. What the hell? What's going on? It's skewering Hollywood. Oh, fun. Wait. This one follows from the Scream 3 thing of go to Hollywood and pick it all apart. Right. And those jokes I have a big problem with, too. How does this story intersect with the whole Chucky thing? (sighs) They're in the house. Oh, okay. So it's just, it's supposed to be Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Okay. And they, they, do they kill her in Red Man or something like that? They want to impregnate Jennifer Tilly. Okay. And they do. Uh huh. They put a voodoo spell so that the baby will, will grow faster. They're going to, to put Glenn Glenda in the baby. And put Tiffany in Jennifer Tilly. Okay, okay. And the only person left for someone else to be is Chucky to be the limo driver, which he's not happy about. Uh Uh-huh. Because then Tiffany will get to be a movie star. Yeah, right. And have her little girl. And Glenn Glenda, who has no idea what they want, will get to be... We'll get to be someone now, finally. Uh Uh-huh. Here's how it all culminates. And it's, again, vaguely interesting. Yeah. Chucky has been trying his hardest not to kill so that he can be the family man. But ultimately, he acknowledges that's never going to work for him. Yeah. In addition to that, he at the end of this movie decides, why do I keep trying to put my soul back in a human? Why would I want that? Mm -hmm. And he finally accepts himself and says something along the lines of like, I'm Chucky, the killer doll, one of the most notorious slashers in history. And I dig it. You know, he says like a dorky line like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, he comes to a place of comfort. acceptance. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to keep doing the same storyline we've done for four movies now. Yeah. It's both like a business decision right. and a really interesting character development. Yeah. The whole Chucky arc has been about, I got to get back to being a human. Now it's, you know what? I know it's weird that I'm a, a little doll with red hair in overalls. Yeah. I like who I am now. Right. I can do so much more. Yeah, there's some benefits stuff. to this too. Exactly. Yeah. Tiffany is let down by this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And to find out that he's been killing still and yeah. is trying to influence Glenn Glenda into being just like him, a killer. Yeah. So she attacks 
him. Uh-huh. Um, she tries to attack him with an axe, uh, but fails. Uh, and then he cleaves her in half Ooh. with the axe, which fractures Glenn Glenda. Yeah. There's also an underlying thing in here that Glenn is the pacifist and Glenda is another personality inside him that is a Okay. Killer. So the idea here is that Glenda comes out and kills Chucky. Oh. However, it's Glenn. Oh, he's okay. Just, he's just disturbed Man. that Chucky has murdered his mother and killed so Chucky. Layered identity stuff it's going on fa- in this. All the identity stuff with the modern understanding yeah. of these things is pretty interesting. Man. Chucky dies proud of Glenn. Oh, my God. This is a wild movie. You no, know, he doesn't want to be killed. Right, sure. But he's, but like, he's it's a begrudging like respect. Yes. Yeah. We fast forward five years. Uh-huh. This is the end of the movie. It's a crazy movie. Jennifer Tilly is back on top in Hollywood. Uh-huh. Uh, it's her ch- It's her kid's birthday party. She had twins. Uh-huh. Glenn and Glenda. Okay. Glenn Glenda. Yeah. It was a male and a female. Yeah. In the same body now, I guess, is what it's saying. I, I don't really understand. Uh-huh. But uh, a, a maid is trying to quit because... While Glenn is really sweet, Glenda scares the hell out of her. Oh my god! And Jennifer Tilly goes like, "I understand. That's fine. You can you can leave." And well, I think she's more like, "I understand. That's fine." Understand. <laughs> and then bludgeons the the maid to death with a Tiffany doll. Wait, Jennifer Tilly does that? Uh huh. Okay. The body swap worked back then. Tiffany is in Jennifer Tilly. Glenn Glenda became the unborn twins and were eventually born as humans. Oh my god! Uh huh. Then Glenn gets a birthday present that he opens up and it's a severed chucky arm uh-huh. that animates and goes for his throat cut to credits oh my god end of seat of chucky what a ride i know okay that movie did insanely poorly people hated uh-huh. it mm-hmm. it's a bad movie the comedy is bad that's right it's bad yeah but we got to the 2010s where the sort of like you know reimagining era mm-hmm. exists uh and don mancini uh embraced the direct-to-video market rather than what used to be looked at as the place where, you know, movies go to die, Mm -hmm. get released, and no one pays attention to them. We're now in the Netflix world. Right. He releases Curse of Chucky 2013, Mm -hmm. saying all the way, this is a reboot. Yeah. This is a reboot. Um, Here's what this movie is. Okay. There's a mansion. A woman named Sarah and her daughter, Nika, live in the house. Nika is in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. A Chucky doll is delivered to the house. Not looking like the last two movies that has like the staples all over it. Yeah. It's like a like normal, a normal looking doll. doll. Mm-hmm. Deaths start to happen. Nobody really knows why. People kind of think it might be Nika mm-hmm. in the wheelchair. Though That would be... It's hard to understand, but yeah. like, people are dying. She seems to be losing her mind. She thinks it is Chucky, uh, so everyone's confused, whatever. Then somebody sees the Chucky doll and walks over to it, and part of its face is peeling. Uh-huh. So they pull on it. The staples are underneath this face. This is not a reboot. This is a follow-up containing everything what? that came before it, and we learn the following. The I night, love that. The night that Charles Lee Ray was running from the police at the beginning of Child's Play, here's why he was running. He was psychotic. He's a serial killer, the the lakeside slasher or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he was obsessed with Sarah. 
kidnapped her, murdered her husband. She's pregnant with Nika. She eventually somehow is able to betray him or turn him in or whatever. Mm -hmm. He stabs her in the stomach, which is what results in Nika being born paraplegic. Oh my God. He has to flee as the police are chasing him. He's shot. He transfers his doll into Chucky. Curse of Chucky is his revenge for the event that kicked off the whole thing. This is great. I love it. How does Chucky die? So I can't tell you how Chucky's born in this one. Right. He just exists. He just comes back. Yeah. Jennifer Tilly is actually back on his side. They have a real Joker Harley Quinn thing, you know? And so somehow he's, uh, you know, wooed her again. She's mailing him to people to get his revenge on them. This is wild. It's it's a roller coaster. It's a real roller coaster. This is the one that put Chucky back in everyone's good graces, by uh-huh. the way. This movie is is positively reviewed. People like this movie. I gotta see this. This is yeah. crazy. So, um... <clears throat> Chucky, how does he die at the end? He doesn't. He gets away with the killings. Nika, in the wheelchair, is locked up for the murders. Oh, my God. Chucky is then seen transferring his... He's doing a voodoo spell yeah. to transfer his his consciousness into a child. Uh-huh. They cut away. The credits roll. You're just like, oh, my God, he won and he's becoming a per... But that doesn't make sense. Yeah, right. Make sense. End credits scene. Uh-huh. A doll in a box is delivered to... Andy Barkley, grown up Andy Barkley, played by the original child actor. What? All these years later, he takes the big box up the stairs and opens it and sees it's a Chucky doll and is kind of like, you know, people probably screw with him all the time because he's probably looked at as a maniac for believing a doll killed his friends and family. Chucky, you know, opens up the box, creeps around, he's trying to find Andy. I'm going to kill Andy. Turns a corner. There's a shotgun in his face. Andy is standing there and goes, play with this. Blows him away. At the end of the end credit stinger. Andy's back. Chucky's dead. But we saw Chucky transfer his soul. What's going on? Cult of Chucky 2017. How is Chucky born? Not explained. Here are the events. Nika, who has been locked up for the murder in Curse of Chucky, is uh-huh. living in an insane asylum. She's part of a group therapy with other people that have other psychological issues. The therapist brings in a Chucky doll Uh-oh. to use in therapy. People start, you know... Talking about Chucky, suspicious things start happening. Is Chucky alive? No. Ah. Another Chucky doll is delivered to the insane asylum. Nika believes that she did kill all those people. Okay. She's confused too. It's a very trippy psychological thriller, this one. Yeah. This one's more mixed reviews. It's very, very out there. It's almost an art house kind of slasher. Uh-huh. Or attempting to be. Yeah. She at one point tries to kill herself. She slits her wrists. She wakes up. Her wrists have been sewn shut, and there's a message on the floor. Not so fast. Oh, God. Wow. Someone's messing with her. Meanwhile, let's cut to Andy Barkley, grown-up Andy Barkley. He has Chucky's head, animated Chucky's head, who's like talking like, Andy, come on, let's play again. Yeah. Andy, since the events of the last movie, apparently cut off Chucky's head and nailed it to a block of wood, and will take a blowtorch to it. He drives nails into it. Andy has essentially lost his mind, and he's just getting, you know, his revenge for being tortured by Chucky by torturing Chucky. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. In the insane asylum, people start dying. Chucky is alive. Mm -hmm. He's at the insane asylum, but we saw his head at Andy's. Another doll shows up. Andy shows up. He gets himself uh, uh, locked in with her. Don't know what's going on. There are a lot of Chuckies. Oh, How? Charles Lee Ray and Tiffany 
found another voodoo spell uh-huh. that allows you to copy your soul. Oh, my God. There are several Chuckies walking around the insane asylum. One of them knows that Andy is trapped in there, too. Goes to, fu- to like, open the padded cell and walk in there. Yeah. Andy pounces on him, holds his arms down, reaches inside the doll and pulls out a gun. Uh-huh. Andy sent that doll. He found a way to sneak a gun into the insane asylum in a Chucky doll. Wow. Knowing that Charles Lee Ray would copy his soul into right, it. Right, right. And that it would come for him. Right. It would essentially bring him a gun. Wow. There are multiple Chuckies running around the insane asylum. This is crazy. And they want to transfer their soul into Nika. They Now, yeah. Chucky wants to be everybody. Right. How does Chucky die? He doesn't. Uh-huh. Chucky transfers his soul into Nika. And through the use of voodoo magic, yeah. gains the use of her legs. Mm-hmm. So now, oh, by the way, something I did not mention, Nika is played by Fiona Duriff, Brad Duriff's oh. daughter. Wow. So now. I love that. So now, Brad Duriff and Fiona Duriff both play Chucky. Yeah. Because he's in her That's body. so cool. Uh, there's a lockdown in the asylum. Andy gets trapped inside. There can be multiple Chuckies, and a human one is walking out the front door where... Tiffany pulls up in a car. They embrace. Bizarre. Smooch, smooch. Very strange. Wait, I'm getting mixed up now. It's Tiff. Is it Tiffany in Jennifer Tilly's body? Yes, it's or Jennifer it's the Tilly. Tiffany Bill? Okay. Well, here's the yeah. thing. They get in the car. Right. And Fiona Duriff is looking crazy. She's very much acting like Harley Quinn, I, I feel. But so she's Fiona like laying back. Or Fiona Duriff Nika as is? Chucky. Okay. Yes. Is going like, what do you want to do next, Tiff? Uh-huh. Like that kind of thing. It, it, it both works and doesn't. Okay. It's not great. Yeah. She's like. This is we're gonna have some fun, uh-huh. and they all start laughing. Jenny Jennifer Tilly starts laughing, and then another Jennifer Tilly starts laughing, and then she like looks up at the rearview mirror and shifts it over. There's a, a a doll in the back of the bride doll. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I, I forgot her Tiffany. name. Tiffany is in the back seat laughing. So there are two Jennifer Tillys. One's a doll. One's a human. Fiona Duriff is a Chucky. Other Chuckies can exist. Andy's trapped in the asylum. We leave it there. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And now comes the fragmented timeline. Wait, real quick. Is this like, okay, so the sci-fi series, is it going to pick up from that point? Yes. Yeah, it's like going to continue that timeline. Yes. Everything continues. For Don Mancini, it all is carrying on from his 1988 movie. They never retconned. They never rebooted. Things may be inconsistent, but you can always lump that as like Tiffany and Chucky are hot and cold on each other. Right. So right now she's on his team. Maybe they would have another disagreement in the future. Right. He says that he would bring back Glenn and Glenda. Uh Now they're two different people. And there would be some sort of a thing that would continue with all these Chuckies and his like world of characters. Wait, and also, I'm going to get confused. Was Curse of Chucky where he said it would it was a reboot? Curse of Chucky said it was a reboot, and then in the movie, Oh, right, show, you find out it's not. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, now we're at this point where, I didn't know, expect this, but I kind of think I want to get on board. I know. It's, I it's, think I want to start with uh, Bride of Chucky. Yeah. May or may not watch Seed. Yeah. Go to Curse of Chucky and continue. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, y- y- like there are going to be things you don't like. William, you're wowing me. I Last know. time with Five Nights at Freddy, Five Nights at Freddy's, didn't think I was going to be as interested in right. that as I was. Same with Chucky. Well, now. also, you might want to con- consider taking all this with a grain of salt because well, no, I, I'm not. Yeah. I am, you know, nothing if not overly enthusiastic about things, even if they're crap, because yeah. I found one thing I like. Yeah. So, like, I don't know that you're going to watch these movies and like them. This True. is just the thing about them that I find interesting is the yeah. way that all of this sort of 
continues on. Yeah. Now, yeah. the modern child's play movie that was made, Chucky is yes. a robo, robot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel like it ends up somehow in mm-hmm. that one movie, they get to where it took seven movies to get with the Don Mancini, yeah. Brad Dourif movies. Because by the end of that movie, Chucky's able to control other Chuckies. Yeah, right. So it's very sort it's, of yeah. interesting. In one movie, they get to the same endpoint as seven movies, as That's 30 true. years of movies. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. Don Mancini has also said historically that he would love to do mashups. He would love mm-hmm. to have, um, a child's play on Elm Street. Uh-huh. Uh, where Chucky and Freddy go toe to toe because they're both the yeah. big mouth killers. Yeah. Uh, and that it would be, well, Chucky has to sleep. Chucky's, you know, basically a living, breathing thing. True. Chucky goes to sleep, meets Freddy. Uh, they both like and dislike each other. Uh-huh. And so they just decide to start a contest. Who can kill more people before the sun comes up? Yeah. That's a good plot. There's an odd simplicity to yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Actually, it's not a huge event movie. It's not, you know, the world is at stake. It's clean. It's clean. Yeah. It's very interesting. I don't know. Huh. I just don't know. Cool. Yeah. Now, all signs are pointing to this sci-fi series being made. Yeah. Uh, it's including a few people that have, like, some cachet these days. There was mm-hmm. that show Channel Zero yep. you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. So one of the, I think one of the showrunners from that is on this series. Now. I haven't seen it, but I know it's supposed to be really good. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much respected. Yes. If not well-known. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I'm very curious to see how that goes because, also, Child's Play 1 through 3. Yeah. Then the series is the Chucky series. Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Right. Uh, Don Mancini, before the reboot happened, said that he was going to make Child's Play the series. Oh. And then the studio went and had made Child's Play the Yeah, movie. right, right. So what happens now? Right. How do you have both with the same name? Hmm. Presumably, you probably don't. You probably don't. I'm sure it's Chucky something. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. What a weird twisty windy road what a long strange road it's been <laughs> truly <laughs> well guys i guess that brings us to the the end of the road yeah it's the end of another episode of guides the unknown thank you for hanging out um before our next episode you can follow us on all social media at gttu pod um you can find us at patreon.com slash gttu pod if you'd like to donate a little bit of money to us as a thank you you can set up either a reoccurring payment or a one-off there Mm -hmm. we super duper appreciate when you guys do that so thank you yeah um and if you uh would be so kind as to leave us an itunes review tell your friends about the show we would greatly appreciate that Mm -hmm. i love seeing what people have to say yeah about this podcast it's really really nice thank you uh and finally if you want to talk to either one of us we're online too that's right i'm at chillin Kristen on twitter and instagram i'm at the myth traveler uh so thank you all so much for hanging out with us we will see you again next week for more uh weird things from the what'd you call it the wave beginning what else did i call it i don't remember it's like the mystery mind or something yeah like so that. you got the collective unconscious i don't remember yeah. yeah whatever it was it was cool yeah pretend i said that <laughs> so until next time we see you we must travel back to the netherworld go we bye <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.